Hey, welcome to another edition of Purple and Gold Frames. My name is Luis. I'm here with uh, Marcel. We're going to talk about this season's uh, uh, new head coach for the Lakers, is Byron Scott. Everybody's familiar with that name. Um, we'll see what he could do. We're going to be discussing that. Uh, Marcel, what, what were your takes on, on Byron Scott being the new head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, generally, I'm, I'm excited for uh, Byron being the coach. Mm -hmm. uh, last two coaches have been pretty awful and, and, and terrible. Yeah. Terrible, not up to the standards of the Lakers, uh, the two mics. So at a minimum, we believe that Byron's gonna do everything in his power to make the Lakers the best they can be, rather than you know kind of being over his head like Mike Brown or trying to institute his own system to make his credibility higher like D'Antoni. So at a minimum, I'm excited just because he has the same interest as as we do, you know, being uh, from Inglewood and having that history. So definitely being a product from Los Angeles, playing for the Lakers for about what was it like that whole '80s? What was it 10, 10 years or so, um, collecting some championships? So he understands exactly what uh, the organization is about, what product needs to be out on the floor at all, at all time. Expectation. I mean that championship. Breed is through Byron, and a lot of people know that. That's why they're excited, I believe, to be in this uh, in this situation with him. But um, I want to take a look at being from Inglewood, being from LA, playing. Um, what was your experience watching? I mean, because you grew up watching him, definitely in the '80s, and myself as well. What 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 do you see, or what do you see from a player standpoint? What was his uh, background as far as like um, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, and, and his maybe even his younger playing days when he was in Arizona and. and Morningside High. Well, my recollection is that uh, he was one of the main outlets for, for, for those Magic Johnson mm -hmm. fast break passes. Byron could be counted on to hit that jumper, you know, wherever it was. So, and I think he played uh, pretty good defense. What else did you remember about him? Just remember him running that wing like a madman. You know, you see those highlights against Celtics coming, throwing down those dunks. I mean, uh, hitting that spot up, you know, very athletic. Uh, Wing, you know, so he understands that position. It's almost like I think that's you know that that could be beneficial to these younger guys coming in, where he could kind of spit a little bit of game into the ears to say, hey, look, you know, we attacked this way when I played it. So he has that credibility from having all that experience playing with Magic, under Riley, um, you know, playing with Coop and like all these guys. All that has to play a factor in how he regurgitates that back out into the basketball court as far as coaching these younger guys and, and teaching them these things from previous eras. Dan Tony didn't have that, Brown didn't have that, so it's something that the Lakers fans I think are excited to see happening. You know? Yeah, and you know also with with a lot of like say star players, star players typically not been good coaches yeah. because they it's, I don't know if it's come easy to them or whatever the dynamic no. is. Magic tried it, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You can go through on, down a list but there's no top level coach that you can kind of point to that that has been a top level, like the, the best of the best players. But Byron was a very, very good player, but you'd have to classify him as a role player. So, you know, having to, to work hard and then also look at and learn from, you know, these other star players like the Magic Johnsons, like the Kareems, you know, even like the Worthies, you know, to, to understand what they were doing and how he had to fit in to make that team, you know, better. It seems like the coaches that had to do that 
with a better coach. Well, look at Phil Jackson, role player, you know, yeah. an intricate part of that championship spot in New York. Um, I don't know. I don't know any other other coaches like that. That had a, a Riley. Riley was yeah. a, a very good uh, coach and also a, a role player there in yeah. those years. Yeah, um, the seven. So yeah, man, I'm excited to see uh, what what comes out. I know a lot of people are writing them off already as you know washed up, maybe because Kobe's age, his injuries, or what have you, and uh, these new guys that got on the court, but. You know, we're excited to see what Byron brings to the table. I know it's not going to be uh, a lack of effort. I know he's going to get these guys fired up. As far as what I've been reading and hearing around, you know, what he, his quotes and stuff is that he's going to put him in that mindset of, you know, winning, having that winning mindset, which he definitely knows about. Which he definitely yeah, knows about. And, and I think the last thing about him on his playing days, you know, he came back to L.A. in 96, 97, mm -hmm. and Kobe was his rookie. So... It's kind of full circle sort of a, a, a thing. Kobe said a lot of things when he didn't have any credibility, like he wanted to be the best player. Now this is just some kid out there. And and Byron had his back. Byron said, I think you will be the best, best player. So, you know, having that confidence and then now coming full circle, I think, you know, Kobe, even though he's the older and his, you know, in his last um, years, I think. Uh, they're going to work really, really well together, you know, given that last season or that last year that Byron played with Kobe. Yeah, I think that's important, too, because Kobe, Kobe's a different beast. You, you can see some of the facial expressions or maybe some comments maybe here and there, not directly, but indirectly to Dan Tony or Mike Brown because he didn't have that respect. And I think he might have more respect towards Byron than he had to, you know, these two coaches. So, um, like how we were talking a little bit earlier, maybe um, Kobe's going to be a player assistant coach you know i'm sure they're going to share the same views and attack this season uh like a team together like you know they'll team up together to kind of put that message out there to these other guys and kind of run it like that i'm, I'm excited man i'm excited to see what you know what we, we could possibly look forward to and maybe possibly build on for the for the years to come yeah so let's take a look at his his time in uh, new jersey mm -hmm. then in new orleans and then in cleveland so let's tackle that after this. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to the Purple the Gold Frames podcast. We left talking about Byron Scott, the new Laker head coach's um, playing days. Now we want to kind of go over the stops that he's made as a coach. So he started his coaching career in uh, the 2000-2001 season with the New Jersey Nets. What was your take on what he did in his time there? Well, besides that first season where he didn't do too good, uh, we had, what, 26 wins in that first season as a as the rookie head coach. That second season in, in 01 and 02, man, he surprised everybody by going to the to the finals to face the mighty Lakers. And uh, I was kind of torn because I was happy for Byron, but at the same time I wanted to beat him down so he yeah. could get that championship, which they did, which was cool. But he did a pretty good job out there. I mean, that season they had 52 wins, uh, 30 losses, and uh, you know, 11 games above 500. Uh, how, how much of that do you think, you know, that first season they had Stephon Marbury, that second season they got Jason Kidd, uh, and uh, Richard Jefferson, I think, was a rookie, I think. Uh, yeah, they had a lot of young guys in there coming in. Uh, 
you know, two star point guards. I mean, Marbury at that time was like, you know, he was pretty explosive. Jason Kidd was a, a little bit more savvy maybe. So uh, maybe he, he works better with the little true point guard instead of like yeah. an explosive, um, you know, scoring point guard a la, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving or like a Derrick Rose type of point guard. But yeah, uh, yeah man, they, he, he, he did something. I don't know. I mean, from 26 wins to 52 wins, that's 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 quite a feat, man. He did a pretty good job up there, man. I was I was I was proud of him and uh, his accomplishment being being from the Lakers family tree. Now we also have to take it with a grain of salt, though. Two looking at uh, those two seasons, 2001 to 2002 mm -hmm. and 2002 to 2003, the Eastern Conference was, you know, just like you know it is now was definitely the stepsister of the West. If you yeah, look at yeah, yeah. The, that 2001-2002 that um, season, um, I think they had about 52 wins and they would have been, I think, fifth or something in the, in yeah, the, that, that, in the West. Yeah, that, that season, the West was tearing it up. I mean, I think the Spurs have 60 wins, I believe, 60 wins in that yeah, season. Yeah, that, that was in the, the, the one after that one, where oh, okay. where the, the the New Jersey Nets had 49 wins, and they would have been seventh, I think, in if they were in the West. So Yeah, I mean, you could always, you know, say that this side is, is this, this side is that, but nonetheless, he was the best from that side. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely no match for the West Coast teams. And that was for that was going on for a minute. Like, the East Coast yeah. just didn't have nothing to, you know, LeBron came and, you know, we got Wade in there and a lot of other cats that started bringing up the East a little bit. But, um, yeah, I guess you could say that, you know, it wasn't too much of a competition out there for him to, you know, get that, that, but that record. But relatively speaking, he got, you know, he got to the finals. He was the Eastern oh, yeah. Con Conference champion two, two years in a row. So that's, you know, we have to, you know, look at it from both sides. But that's still a, 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 an amazing feat. Now, he got booted halfway into the 2003-2004 season with a little bit of drama, you know, between him and oh, yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. Kidd. Uh -huh. So um, I don't know how much of that was real, how much it is rumor, but I mean something was definitely. I mean, how do you go to the Eastern Conference Finals for two exactly. years in a row and then the organization just you know just cuts you like that? That's kind of uh, fishy. But nonetheless, he went to um, New Orleans and did his thing there. I mean, you know, he took a club there from what was their record? Uh, what was that season was uh, 0405. Yeah, when he first got there, it was uh, they won only about 20 percent of their of their games. And and, and the other the other interesting point is that, that he did get picked up the season after that. So he uh, got the boot in 2003 to 2004, and then the 04 season, you know, he, he got right back into the the coaching uh, saddle. But you know that first season was not good at all. Uh, 20 percent of his his games during that time, uh, I think Katrina happened. Did it not? Um, oh yeah, that's right. Then they had to go play in Oklahoma. Yeah, they had to go. That set the stage for uh, Seattle coming through there and, and yeah. uh, seeing the fan base that they had there. So kind of uh, that was kind of precedent in, in, in itself. Yeah, yeah. The, the for for the Clay Bennett guy, I think um, to to prove that that was a viable 
market. But, you know, Byron did do a good job, and I think even more impressive um, if you really look at it, what, what he did in New Orleans with Chris Paul. Another point guard. You know, a pass first point guard with Tyson Chandler. David uh, West. Sorakovic. You know, that was more impressive to me, like that 2007-2008 uh, season where he won 68% of his regular season games and then won 58% of his games and lost in the second round to San Antonio. But it took him to seven games. And That's, that was in the West. Yeah, so 2007-2008, yeah, and I believe he was coach of the year yeah, uh, for yeah, that year. Yeah. And uh, he also coached the All-Stars. Yeah. So that was his year, man. The 2007-2008 season was definitely his 56 wins. Went to the semifinals and lost against the Spurs. Took him to seven. Man, so he's definitely proven that he could win. I mean, going to the chance, he's been to the finals. I mean, a fairly young career, you know. Yeah. Going to the finals in his second year. Yeah. That's crazy. And then getting that experience, and then um, taking that to uh, to uh, New Orleans and doing the same with Chris Paul. And getting them competitive and showing some skills there. I mean, now they did not make it to the Western Conference Finals, and obviously not to the finals. So you know you have to, you know, look at that side of it. And, and a lot of people even now uh, wonder about like Chris Paul, because Chris Paul, you know, we, we he's has vaunted status of you know the best point guard or one of the best point guards. But you know he really hasn't in a couple of stops uh, on pretty good teams made it um, made it far yeah. so uh, you know you can put some of that on Byron that they didn't make it you know as far as they might have and you can also put a little bit of that maybe on uh, Chris Paul what about a stop at the Cavaliers man that, that, that little uh, pit stop there when he thought he was gonna be coaching uh, King James I know uh, that's, for a minute. so that that is something that that he took that job when you know LeBron was on his first you know, looking around to see what he was going to do and everybody waiting. He takes the job and then Bron bounces. And to me, you got to look at two things. You got to look at the letdown that that is to have, you know, that caliber of a player leave and, and how that affects the whole organization. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then the second thing is that Cleveland is such a jacked, jacked up organization and franchise. You know, it's hard to win there. They had the best players. So we all fans of Kobe. But during that time, you know, you, you could say Kobe or you could say LeBron. I mean, definitely LeBron right now, but... Um, he was a beast. He was a beast. Man. And so to, to not be able to seal the deal when you got that dude says something about that organization. So, you know, Yeah, man, you can't have a, a player with that caliber and not put a squad around him in, in five, six years, whatever. However long he was there, you can't put a squad around him to get... To the, to the, I mean, he went, they took him to the finals one year with, yeah. I mean, garbage squad, you know? They, was, got, they got smacked. They smacked. got smacked. Down. Now, why can't you make the necessary adjustments and bring in these good, not good, even like, you know, some, just some good players that'll gel with this guy to take him to that next level? That's management. In my, in my opinion, that's, that's bad management. I mean, you could look and see how many, um, number one picks they get. I mean, they're getting up for what? What are you getting these number one picks for? You're not, you're not putting no, team on there that's you know even imagine if the Lakers got a number one pick or if you know San Antonio Spurs got a number one pick everybody would be pissed off like what you know why are they getting these number one pick you know why because these guys know what to do with their pick if they're not if there's not a good player that think that they're going to fit in their rotation or in their scheme of things they'll trade that number one and get like some proven players or something they'll work it some way where it benefits and these guys they, yeah man that's just bad management so 
uh, Byron, going back to the Byron situation and the Cavaliers, you know, he goes there thinking that he might have a possibility to coach uh, LeBron, and he bounces, and they're left with, um, you know, a, a sour. The organization's left with Booby Gibson, Booby Gibson, some other cats, and they have a. Uh, they have this sour taste in the mouth, you know. I mean, that whole ad that uh, Gilbert put out in the newspaper—it was just ugly, you know. It's just yeah. like, and then the whole city, everything was just kind of—it was a downer. And Byron has to come in here and do a mop job, and it's, that's tough, man. And, and it shows in those three years that we—I mean, he did progressively get better. What he each <laughs> each season, what 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 did he get? He had 19 wins in the first season. The second season uh, it was 21, but it was a shortened season. Okay. So, and then then, then 24. 24 wins, but I would say just like what you were talking about with these number one picks I don't think they were trying to win. They were successful. They got several lottery picks by by losing So when you look at Byron's record there, you have to take that with a grain of salt He was successful in the eyes of the Cleveland Cavalier yeah, yeah, yeah. management because the Cleveland Cavalier management was not trying to win And you know, we can look at other organizations that don't have a winning pedigree like the Clippers or, You know, it's not ingrained and one of the reasons why I'm a Laker fan why you're a Laker fan is because it is ingrained in the psyche of the management and the, the fans oh, and yeah. the players better have that if they don't have that like Dwight Howard or somebody like that, you gotta you gotta get out. You yeah, know it's I mean? like you're going to like a, a five star restaurant when you're going playing for the Lakers. You're not going to McDonald's, man. This yeah. is like you know, cream of the crop type, of, and they take that mentality seriously. That's yeah. that's the that's the um, what do you call it? the mission statement of this yeah. organization is championships. That's it. That's there's it. nothing. There's that's nothing. It. Playoffs. That's okay. A, that's yeah. that's okay. But that's not what we're here for. That's we, nice. That's yeah. A, exactly. you know, that's a nice side. But what we what we are about and uh, is, is that. Um, and so Cleveland, uh, you know, definitely wasn't about that. I mean, trying to get these these draft picks. So that you know, if we look at Byron's record from New Jersey to New Orleans to to uh, Cleveland, what can we say overall about those three? stops in terms of what he might do with this organization that's kind of tough because uh anytime you jump into a situation there's that learning curve sort of thing. yeah you just jump in you're not on occasion coaches jump in and right away they, they get into moves and like phil did that like phil did because he has you know he has a good staff and he knows what he's doing and not to say that Byron's not doesn't know what he's doing but i'm just saying like you know sometimes you have to kind of like you know gauge the player you got a whole new squad out there man you got people that haven't played with each other you got, you know, a lot of, it's just a lot of variables. So maybe like 10 years ago, whatever coaches, they get contracts, like, you know, they get time to prove themselves. Yeah. But now it's like two, three years, you don't do nothing, you're done. Yeah, he, so, and he doesn't have a long, long contract. Um, I think I mean, he has three years, four yeah, years. Yeah, so I mean, that you know, and I think one of those is a team option or something like that. So I think he, he has a little bit, of, little bit of time to work with. I do think if you look at what he did in New Jersey, he was successful in New Jersey, he was successful in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. He wasn't successful in Cleveland. If we take out the organization and we look at what was uh, sort of in common in the two spots that he was successful is that he had a really good pass-first point guard. Now, if you look at New Jersey that first year, he had a good shoot-first point guard. And That's they uh, who was that? Oh, Starbird. Okay, okay. Starbird, Starbird, and they sucked. So, you know, we look at who has on who they have on the roster right now, you know, with Steve Nash, Steve Nash is great. I don't know how many games he's gonna play. If he can play a couple of games, that would be awesome. But Jeremy Lin, I think Jeremy Lin can be a very good uh, pass first point guard. He likes to score, he likes to, you know, 
uh, drive to the basket. But I, I think that he is not, you know, purely like a Derrick Rose or like a Russell West. He obviously doesn't have that talent, but he's not trying to to do that. I think 100%. I think he likes to pass. And one of his idols was Chris Paul during that time where Byron was the coach. You know that that's who he looked to 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 um, to model his game after. So. That's something that 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 I can see from those spots, or maybe even having Kobe play that point at some yeah. at some yeah. time in the seasons. You That's know, true. coming in and having Kobe come and play that point and having that type of. I mean, Kobe's not a not not a uh, how would you say like a true point. Yeah, typical. You know, he there's a lot of turnovers here and there. You know, he gets into a groove where he'll like throw the ball away, or it's hard to read him sometimes what he's doing because everybody expects him to take that shot. You know, but there's pass force first Kobe. You know, if there's like little action figures. There's the past first version of Kobe, and we've seen that several times yeah, with yeah, Shaq, yeah. and then even after that, he'll get like 12 assists yeah, in a game yeah. or some crazy number just to yeah. prove that hey, yeah. I can pass the rock. This exactly. Is, you know. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I think uh, you know having having uh, Lynn there with uh, Nash. You know, Nash could play that mentor role and kind of yeah. give him some pointers as well as Kobe, as yeah. well as Scott. Um, you know, and just kind of um, give him a little bit more. Uh, uh, Tips a little bit more uh, and confidence. I think, confidence, that, yeah. think that that's his biggest thing to me is is, is confidence because I don't think uh, that his time in Houston was, was very good for for his confidence level. And hopefully Byron can do that because that's 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 what his success has been predicated on. If you look at Kyrie, Kyrie went out there and scored a crap load of points, but I don't. I, we have to look up his. Um, his assist totals, but I think when when Kyrie was driving to the basket or had the ball in his hand, he was thinking about scoring. Yeah, I don't think score he was scoring. Team. I don't think he was thinking about getting Deion Waiters a shot. Lynn, I think, will be more so that, and and definitely Steve Nash if he can play a game or two <laughs> is definitely as obviously is obviously that. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, he doesn't get uh, some kind of injury that takes him out for a longer period, longer periods of time. But yeah, man. Yeah, we can do a whole podcast on, uh, <laughs> or on, and we probably will do a. a like, we should do a podcast on uh, Steve Nash because you know this is going to be his last season and farewell tour. And even through the purple and gold frames, we've seen, you know, Steve Nash through oh, the purple and gold yeah, frames man. kick our. Ass, oh, yeah. You know, several times. So. Although one of my best memories is when Kobe dunked on him on one of those playoff games. You remember that yeah. when he stole the ball? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no offense to Steve Nash. Yeah, man. we love Steve Nash now. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of Laker fans are, you know, he's a, he's a uh, he's a uh, concert professional, man. Yeah. He's like, you know, just like does his job and does it well, and, and knows he knows how to he knows how to win, he knows how to compete. Yeah. And that's I think that's what's good about um, him coming to the Lakers. Just kind of mentoring these young guys, you know. Well, Gary Vitti says he's a hundred percent now, so hopefully he's a hundred percent now in the off season. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I just hope that he can play maybe half the season. You know, if he, you know, I, I don't know if he can play tw a, a quarter of the season. I'd like to see him play as a Laker fan and contribute to the, the Lakers. He get paid a lot of money yeah, to, to do it. So. Um, or what about this? What about if they work a deal to get uh, Bledsoe in, in the mix, man? He's wanting a lot of money. But yeah. people are telling him, nah, man, is it, you, you know, you're not getting that type of money. And I think Phoenix offered them a, yeah. oh, they got a, they got a ridiculous offer. So maybe we can work something out with dumping Nash's contract. But I, th I, th I think, I don't think that we should give up Randall nah, for nah. Bledsoe because Bledsoe has a history. I, I, we, I would love to get Bledsoe, but 
if you look at comparatively the numbers for Bledsoe and for Lynn, they are comparable. Now, Bledsoe is better than Lynn, but if we have to give up Randall to get nah. Bledsoe, that's that's not a good deal. I would love to give up um, Nash, uh, and 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 but I mean that would just be a, re a do over of the trade that we took, and I don't think Phoenix is, is going to go for it because Phoenix is in the catbird seat because. That he's a restricted free agent, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 I don't think a lot of teams are gonna in this environment they're gonna pay Bledsoe a lot of money because he's had those injuries and he's based his his game is based upon his athleticism. So um, you know they might I don't know they I don't, I'm not sure I have to look up and see what what the current state of it is and see what they're doing. But um, you know it, it's it's a tough it's a tough call. Um, I think having Lynn the way we have Lynn, the way we got Lynn is superior to the deal to get Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we robbed Houston. <laughs> you know, Houston was trying to get Well, the they, basically, they basically kicked Lynn out the door once yeah. they put his jersey yeah. on Mellows oh, and they yeah. put it all over the city. It's oh, like, what? what is that telling you? So Lynn was like, man. And, you know, they knew they had to get they, they I think in the back of their minds, they were already saying that he's gone. So they were just kind of work, trying to work something out quick. Uh, just to try to get Mellow in there maybe or something. Yeah. I don't know what the deal was there, but they, man, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do this upcoming season. They might be looking on the, outs on the outside looking in this season because, uh, man, they, nothing fell from nothing fell from this, uh, this uh, offseason for the trades and such like that. But, man, Byron. Yeah, let's, you want know, to wrap up the Byron, uh, put a bow on it. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, again, we started this with the excitement. And like I said, I'm excited just because I believe Byron has the same mindset as most Laker fans um, in that the, the pride of this the franchise and I think the acumen to 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 do the best that he can with, with what he has nobody expects you know to make water into wine nobody expects to you know to take lead and turn it into gold you know nobody's expecting uh, us to win a championship with what we have, you know, but the the, the we don't want to like Try to tank to get a first-round nah. pick that actually if we if we if we get um, uh, Above top five, I think the pick goes to Phoenix. So we we don't Laker fans I think most Laker fans there are some tanker Laker fans that might be listening <laughs> But um, I think last year it was like, yeah, man, might as well because uh -huh. these, ca these guys are not doing nothing. Sure. So it's like, what, what are you going to fight for? You know, you're going to win your last 10 games for what? You're not going to do nothing. So, but I think, I think it's tough, though, because once you get that mindset of trying to lose, it's hard to get that out of your system. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So I think the Lakers have been so good. I mean, we're talking about 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. In the 90s, we went through a little rough, rough patch because of, you know, magic and, and whatnot. But the 2000s, you know, that's because you have a winning mindset that is ingrained that every player comes knows that I, I got to come here to win. I got Jack Nicholson out there. I got, like, all of these, you know, mega stars making all of this money looking at looking at my grill and I gotta I gotta perform it's a microscope man you come it's a microscope. big stage this is where this is where champions I mean you look at all the players that come here from other teams they made their legends the legends were made here in LA and I man. think that the, for the Byron thing he knows that he understands that he's understood that since the form days of the form 
in Inglewood. You know, he, he understands that. And at a minimum, he's going to push this thing as hard and as far as, as it can go. And that's all we want. You know, that's all we want. You know, a lot of this is going to be hope. You know what I mean? This season is going to be hope that, you know, we beat we beat OKC. You know what I mean? <laughs> hope that we can, you know, beat Spurs. Beat the San Antonio yeah. So, you know, but that's fine. But I think we'll be fine with it in a way that we weren't fine with it last year or, or the, the, the year before that. And finally, if you look at, you know, what he's done, I think he has the, um, the assets, the tools and his repertoire to, to make at least a credible uh, go at it. He, he's not Phil Jackson. He's definitely not Phil no, Jackson. No, no. But he's not Mike Brown either. You know what I mean? He, he's taken a team... Um, with not LeBron, <laughs> I mean, not with like the the best player. Jason Kidd was not the best player on the planet at the time, and taking that team to to, to heights. So, um, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, the thing that also excited me, like how you're talking about him being part of that Laker family. I mean, if you look at the press conference, you had Kareem, you had Magic, you know, you had. Uh, Jamal Wilkes back there. So I mean, good. this dude is. I mean, people are vouching for this guy. Like, that, what kind of? That's major support right there. That's big gun support right there. Where it's yeah. like, you know, that just shows the the same approval from these guys that know. Yeah. You know, this is the this is the guy that need. I mean, that's that's the brother. You know, that they, that's how they look at him. It's like, you know, this guy's gonna do. You know, and they get, he got all the support. If he has a question or if he has some kind of like, you know, uh, issue with something. Look who he got to turn to. Magic, Kareem, all these guys are like major basketball brains that he could just go and pick. It's like, you now, know. But now, uh, uh, on the flip side, the only thing I say about that, I believe all of that, I, 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 I co-sign all of that. I just hope, and I think some people might think, we don't want to just completely look back. You know what I mean? Because oh, they got to yeah. play games now. <laughs> they got to play against these dudes living now. In the, living in the past yeah, and you know, glory days. Yeah, so I mean, to like, you know how we used to do it back in the day? You know what I mean? They got to win games now with the personnel that they have now. And they got to make moves now with the situation that it is today. With soccer, you know what I mean? With, you know, all of these dudes that are on, on the roster right now. And I think, you know, I know Byron is going to be you know, looking ahead and whatnot. I just thought, you, we're not 1980, you know, yeah, we're not yeah, 1988 definitely. or, you know, we're not in Shaq and Kobe years, you know, we're not in Paul Gasol and Kobe yeah, Even years, the athletes right? are different. The yeah. players are different. The, 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 the league is different. The, the league is different. The game is different. Everything has changed. I think he knows that. He's he's always been involved, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to be a lovely thing. I look forward to seeing what he does. Um, I'm sure we'll have updates throughout the season and, and, and seeing what, He's doing right, what he's doing wrong, what people yeah. think, what the consensus is out there on him and, and how the players are, are you know, receiving him. Or Yeah, and a, and a note from, from, from our perspective, I think that, Luis, you would share, you know, my vision of this this podcast is to be real. You know what I mean? We're looking at oh, things definitely. from, you know, out these purple and gold, you know, frames, but we're looking at that real. If Byron is, you know, messing up, you know, as Chick, Chick would call it, Chick would call it as he saw it. You know what I mean? We're no Chick Hearns by any 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 means or any stretch, but we call it as we see it. You know what I mean? Kobe's jacking up. You know, whoever is messing up, as well as you know, doing well, uh, we want to highlight them and we want to talk about them and 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 be an alternative to the you know 
the da na na da na na, different um, um, outlets that have uh, a stake in you know piling on the Lakers and, and looking for uh, the Laker organization's demise for whatever particular reason. So. It's going to be a lovely thing. I can't wait. 2014-15 season. Catch us here. You catch your podcast through the website, Purple and Gold Frames. What, do you, what would you call this? This is uh, the a pilot show. Pilot show. So it's uh, excuse whatever. Uh, this will go into the vaults, and, yeah. and uh, when when we're major players in the game, you're gonna we're gonna pull this out. You can see how how funny and how <laughs> yeah, all the ums and stuff. All right, all right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, catch us on the next show. Peace.